Our scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to, to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, I thank you for drawing us joyfully into your house this morning. Whether we be in person or online, we are united in one spirit. That is your Holy Spirit. And God, you know exactly what it took to get us here. And we lift up to you those now. And we ask for help as we place those aside so we could just simply be your children, sitting in your presence, receiving the gifts that being with you brings. And as we hear your words today, Lord, I pray that your spirit would soften our hearts and open our ears so we could be lifted up, so that we would have joy, so that we would be challenged by it. And more importantly, so that we might be more like your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. So I really like Philippians. For starters, it's only four chapters. So if you want to say you read a whole book of the Bible, that's a good one to start with. You could read Paul's entire letter to the church in Philippi in just 15 minutes. You could actually read it in the time that it takes me to preach this sermon. Please don't. <laughs> Journey with me. I'm just saying it is possible. But I do hope you find time to read it, maybe after church today. Throughout this week, work it into your morning devotional time. Another reason I like Philippians is because it contains some of the scriptures that I recall most frequently. Let's see if you recognize any of these. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, 
Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. How about the call to worship today? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Or do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Does this sound familiar? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Or maybe this one. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me what? So it's familiar. Finally, I like Philippians because as someone who likes to lead from a place of joy, as a half-glass-full kind of person, this letter is filled with joy. Paul mentions joy 14 times in just four short chapters. And for those of you thinking, well, it's easy to be joyful when things are good, what makes this joyful letter so powerful, what makes those passages that I just read so impactful, is that Paul is writing this letter from a Roman prison. He's not sitting on a beach with his toes in the sand. Anyone's happy place at the beach? Yeah. He's not on the green at his favorite golf course. Is that what you say? I don't play golf. I really struggled with that one. Is that a happy place on the green? He's not there. He's in chains. Why? Paul was preaching about Christ, which caused trouble for the empire. He was proclaiming an authority other than Caesar and preaching a different set of values and hopes different than the surrounding culture. So they arrested him and they held him until he was to be tried. Now a Roman prison was far different than our prisons. The government provided nothing. Everything from food and water to blankets and fresh clothes had to be sent by friends and family or you would freeze or die. This is what the Philippians did for Paul. They sent him a person from their community named Epaphroditus to live in the town where Paul was in prison to provide for his needs while he was there. In this way, they shared Paul's struggle. They sent him help. They prayed for him. They waited for updates. And a part of themselves was with him there in prison. Now, unlike his letters to the Galatians and Colossians, Paul's not writing a letter to a church in crisis, a church who needs some reprimanding. The Philippian church is doing good work. This is a healthy church, and Paul is writing out of appreciation and joy, specifically because of their partnership in the gospel. The word Paul uses is koinonia, 
It can be translated as partnership. Sometimes it's called fellowship, but it's much more than that. To us, fellowship is usually standing around after church with our coffee and our cookie, right? But this word is usually translated according to what is shared. Money is shared. Work is shared. Suffering is suffering with. Praying is praying with. Grace is giving and receiving. The organization I worked with as a missionary has a slogan that says, the work of God is done hand in hand. Koinonia is doing life together in Christ in whatever circumstances life brings hand in hand. It's being the body of Christ together. This koinonia is why the Philippians provide for Paul in prison. And the missionary's presence helped Paul to recall all the other things that they had shared together. Songs and prayers, meals and projects, the life that they spent together. And then Paul's heart overflowed with joy. It's the same for us. If you want to connect in a meaningful, life-changing, joy-filling way, you have to share your life with the body of Christ. We were created to do life together. So what does this look like? It looks like worship, just like we're doing now. We make time to gather and sing and pray as, with one voice and one spirit. We make time to be nourished by God's word together. It also looks like just having fun together. Did you know we could have fun? Oh boy, you don't. Guys, we can have so much fun together. The fall roundup was fun, right? Yes, the mahjong class has fun together. The hiking group has fun together. We can enjoy one another's presence. So it's worshiping together. It's having fun together. It looks like serving together. From serving at Andre House and you, Mom, putting out refreshments at a funeral, preparing for Sunday lunches, or going on a mission trip to Haiti. It's finding a way to be side by side, to work for something larger than ourselves that touches our deepest convictions of wanting to love and to serve like our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, it looks like using your resources to meet the needs of all God's children. Why do we do this? Paul gives us a good, good reason why. In the center of his letter around a poem that highlights Jesus' attitude of humility in the face of suffering. His letter invites all readers to consider other people's needs, other people's interests, even when life is hard. Difficult circumstances often make humans want to complain, to compete against one another and hoard our resources to make sure our own needs are met. Need I remind you of the hoarding of toilet paper during the pandemic? It happens. 
But Paul invites us to remember how Jesus' selfless sacrifice leads us to true life, an abundant life. His resurrection gives us reason to humbly share with others in the most difficult of times. Jesus' sacrifice for us is what should drive us to want to sacrifice for others. And here's the thing I find powerful about this partnership. That we are equal partners. Whether we are the ones sending resources or receiving them, we are equal partners in this work. We are all different. Some of us live in Haiti. Most of us live here in America. Some of us vote left. Others of us vote right. Some of us love sushi. Others say, why would you pay for something raw? Some of us like classical music. Others like rock and roll. Some of us live in apartments and others of us live in estates. But the one thing that unites us is our common goal to serve Jesus Christ together to work to spread the good news of the gospel together. Today, we have the joy to welcome home to their pinnacle home, Pastor Luke and Ronit of Harmony Ministries in Haiti. We are their partners in the gospel. They are our partners in the gospel. Today is a good day because we get to be with them face to face. We get to worship together, eat together, have fun together. You're invited to join us after church for lunch outside of Fellowship Hall. Come and meet your partners who have the same work that you do. When you hear of the amazing ways that Pastor Luke and Ronit are serving as the hands and feet of Christ, you will not be able to contain your joy either. Like the Philippians, Harmony Ministry is a healthy ministry. They are doing amazing work. They have a medical clinic. They have a food pantry. They have four churches and four schools. Despite the struggles in Haiti, they have well over 800 students taught by just 31 teachers. Last Sunday, as we gathered to celebrate the good news of Easter morning, we gathered in spirit with Harmony Ministries as they and over 1,300 members of their church worship God in Port-au-Prince. If you have heard anything in the news or read in our most recent edition of Vistas, you would know that that is a remarkable piece of news. Haiti is facing terribly difficult times. There's virtually no law, no order. Haiti has gangs that have taken over. The rate of inflation is over 45%. The prices of food and medicine have skyrocketed, and most families are not able to afford food, let alone an education. The UN reports that nearly half of Haiti's population, 5.2 million people are in desperate need of humanitarian aid. As partners in the gospel, united with Harmony Ministries, we are called to respond, to unite our resources, our prayers, with our faith. 
Today, you are invited to share your resources with our partners so that Harmony Ministry can pay their teachers. In your bulletin today, there are special giving envelopes. They're labeled Pinnacle Promise, and they're clearly for Haiti. And we're inviting you to consider giving. For just $150, you can support a teacher's salary for an entire month. I'm going to be real with you. This week was a long week. I treated myself to the best manicure and pedicure that I've ever had. Paraffin wax. They're like, you want a scent? Yeah, I want a scent. Grapefruit? Great. It was awesome. It was lovely. But it didn't cost me much less than $150. And as great as it was, I know it does not compare to the joy that I will receive knowing that I was able to partner in the gospel with Harmony today. In our main sanctuary here, on those glass doors, etched in those glass doors, are words from the prophet Isaiah, written in Haitian Creole. They should be a weekly reminder for those of us who come through these doors that just as we share joyfully in the success of Harmony Ministry, we should also share in their suffering, as they do in ours. Their concern should be etched into our hearts, for this is what it is to be the body of Christ. So we give thanks with joy for partnering with one another, for sharing this life with one another because of our unity in Christ, we share our time, we share our resources, and finally, we pray with one another. Paul says that this is his prayer for the Philippians, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Paul continually thanked God for the Philippians in his prayers. And he prayed for them that their love would increase as they continued to learn more about God through studying God's word. His prayer was that they could discern what God was calling them to do and how God was inviting them to serve. As partners with Harmony, Pastor Luke and Ronid, I ask you to pray that prayer for Pinnacle that our love would abound more and more. And it's our prayer for you as well. Like Paul writing to the Philippians, I say to you this morning, Pastor Luke and Ronit, when I think of you, I thank God for you, and I ask God to bless you. When I think of you, I'm going to ask God to heal you. When I think of you, I'm going to ask God to deliver you. When I think of you, I'm going to ask God to provide for you, protect you, guide you, and lead you into the future that Christ has for you. When I think of you, I'm going to ask God to grow your capacity to love. When I think of you, I'm going to ask God to help you discern what is best. May God bless you and keep you, watch over you, direct you, and give you peace. Pinnacle. Find ways to share the life of Christ with others, with worship, with service, 
with giving, with walking with one another in suffering, in prayer. Joy is found when we share Christ's life. And joy will be found in partnering in, God, in the gospel today. Amen.